one of the evenings there during the week, the wife was sitting beside me and she was just flicking through Instagram or Facebook or one of our social media platforms. Like, you know, we all do from time to time. And I was just looking across and I was just looking at what she was scrolling through. And the thought that came to my mind was, I have as much fucking interest in any of that shit. Fuck me. I just, you know, bang my head against the wall. And I'm not going to tell you what she was looking at, not because I'm keeping it secret, because it's irrelevant. What's relevant is my lack of interest in it. Now, that doesn't mean that what she's looking at is bad or good. It's just, just it just doesn't interest me. And likewise, when I'm scrolling through YouTube or whatever it is, She's probably looking across at me going, Jesus, like, oh, fucking pull me fingernails out rather than subject me to any of that shite. And again, she's not making a a judgment on whether or not what I'm viewing is good or bad. She just doesn't have any interest in it. And mine's the exact same. I wouldn't say that what she's looking at is bad or good. I'm just... I'm a little less than indifferent to it. It just doesn't interest me, so I'm not interested. And... That's what I want to focus on a little. This idea of being interested in something. It's fascinating to me that we don't pick our interests. So I never decided one day that I was going to try and get into learning stuff about fighting. I I never consciously did that. I was always just drawn to it. I always liked the the hero in the movie. You know, and if that hero if that hero, you know, kicked ass, well then I love him all the more. But again, I, I never decided that. That was just something inside of me. That your interests find you as opposed to you find your interests in a kind of a weird way. But with social media, it gets a little bit squirrely because what social media has done, generally speaking, is, and you've seen this yourself. I'll give, actually, I'll give you a, a real kind of world life example. We notice that you're interested in this, so you may also like this. And that's great because it's like, oh, you're right. Thank you, Mr. Algorithm. I do like that. And what you're showing me there looks actually very interesting to me. And that's great. But the obvious downside to that is you end up getting siloed into blocks, pigeonholed. People like you also like this. Oh, okay. And you can see how you start being led around a little. Now again, social media can't make you interested in something, but it can capitalise on what interests you. So that there's a there's a depth to what's going on there. It's it's almost as though it's it's beneath psychological processes. It's something deeper, more more innate that it's taking advantage of. And it's that depth that I want to try and explore here a little. So most of our feeds are all very different because we've engineered them to a degree. Now, you can argue you've engineered them with help from Mr. Algorithm, but for the most part, we have decided to like the things that we like. And the algorithm helps us out, but it, it, only, it, it only works if it's already, if it's hijacking something that's, that's innate in you. And again, it's, it's, that, it's this depth that I want to, I want to focus on. So all our feeds are very different. We're all unique individuals, each and every one of us. But underneath all that, so my feed is completely different to hers, hers is completely different to yours, and there's millions of us, and we all our feeds are, they're different. But 
on a more fundamental level, a much more fundamental level, a way deeper level. There's something that unites us all. And the thing that unites us all is our ability and willingness and complicitness in sitting there staring at our little shiny rectangles and endlessly scrolling. What's ubiquitous about that is that 25 minutes disappear. That happens to all of us. That doesn't just happen to people who are into engineering or people who are into makeup tutorials or people who are into bicycles or clothes or TVs or electronics or plants or whatever it is. That's unique across... It's not unique. That's standard across the board. And to me, at least, that's fucking fascinating that our feeds can all be so different. They can be so tailored to just us. But what's similar amongst us all is our capacity to just endlessly scroll and to get lost in to get lost in thought or to get to get lost in time. Like we've all been there. We take out our phone for ten seconds and an hour goes by and you're like, fuck! To collect the kids from school. Or have to fucking put the fucking dinner on or Jesus Christ, how is it two o'clock in the morning? I have to get some fucking sleep. And there's massive crossover here in relation to what I was talking about yesterday with conspiracy theories. The algorithms, they show you more of what you like. And the more that you, the more things that you like that you subscribe to or like or comment under or interact with or engage with in whatever way, shape or form you do, the better the algorithm gets at showing you more things that you like. And there's a positive feedback loop here. And the the content that you see just keeps getting better and better and better. Until one day you wake up and you realise that you've been siloed into a particular type of person. You've been siloed into a, a category. You are now a football head. You are now a beauty head. You are now a conspiracy head. And we're all very quick to point the finger and laugh at conspiracy theorists because there's a, there's a certain obviousness to the fallacy in a lot of their arguments. But we're not nearly as quick to see our own siloing, to see that we've been led down a garden path into an echo chamber and that that echo chamber has a particular type of resonance that something deep down within you just likes. And in the same way that I never consciously decided to get into fighting, I think that the same fundamentally foundational mechanics are the exact same as what silos people into conspiracy theories. Somebody who's into conspiracy theories never said one day, do you know what, I'm going to look up a load of conspiracy theories in the exact same way that I never said to myself, I'm going to look up a load of different fighting styles. Because you don't get to choose your interests. Your interests in some kind of weird, perverse way pick you. And what happens when you only are exposed to things that you like on a, on a philosophical bedrock level, there tends to be a, a runaway effect. It's a, a positive feedback loop gone out of control. And what it does is it makes us extreme versions of ourselves. So a guy like me, say, who's sceptical of government and sceptical of large institutions and sceptical of corporations, fundamentally, if somebody like me was to have a real interest in conspiracy theories, 
through no fault of my own. It was just something that I was inclined to to have an interest in, like fighting. I very well would have ended up down that rabbit hole. I very well would have ended up being being that guy, being the the flat earther or the QAnon head or or whatever it is. Because again, like I outlined yesterday, there's always truth in these stories. And people do conspire. There are conspiracies. But another added disadvantage here is that when we're siloed into these blocks or groups, we're surrounded by people who think exactly like us. And it's not even that they think exactly like us. They have some some fundamental, some really base, integral, instinctual element that's the same as you. You can't quite put a name on it exactly the same way that I can't put a name on what it was that drew me towards fighting. And all these people have that in common with each other. And there's a camaraderie there. Maybe that's what camaraderie is. That part of yourself. So with, with camaraderie, think of the places where you see or you hear people speak of camaraderie. Okay, the battlefield is one, special forces, boxing clubs, martial arts gyms generally, A&E's. I'd imagine it's there with, with fire brigades. I'd imagine it's there with police people and, and all that jazz. There's certain types of people who experience a real camaraderie in what it is that they do. And I'm beginning to wonder, is that camaraderie? Just you finding other people who have whatever that innate bedrock level thing that you have. They have it too, and when that's shared, that's what we that's that's what we call camaraderie. Because camaraderie is one of those things that's I don't know if tip, if technically camaraderie is an emotion, but like an emotion, it, it's hard for us to explain. It's hard for us to put into words. And whenever I come across something that's hard to put into words, I always think that the ego doesn't understand it, which makes it somehow deeper. It makes it somehow soulful. It makes it in some weird sense off-limits to the ego, off-limits to the thinking mind, off-limits to the to the chatter. Or maybe not. <laughs> and on that note, I'll chat to you soon. <laughs>